0: The moon, God and the his Thank you for choosing to listen to the sermons of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. We meet at 2309 Ninth Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. And if you're ever in our area, we would love to have you as our guest. If you live in our area, we would love to study the Bible with you. You can call us anytime to set up a Bible study or just to gain more information at 205-486-9247. Also visit our website, 9 com or check us out on Facebook by simply searching for 9th Avenue Church of Christ. Now we hope you'll join us for a study of God's Word as we seek to follow Him each and every day from the 9th Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. A month has passed since the last time we studied in the book of Haggai. Now, not a month for us, but for the people and for the study, a month has passed between the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2. Maybe not quite a month, but but very close to a month has passed. We studied uh, last week that the people had gotten a message through Haggai from God uh, as they began to rebuild the temple uh, the individuals had gotten this message that God was with them. That God was with them. When we think about that message, we understand, as, as Adam reminded us last week, and uh, how, how powerful that message should have been. But I want us to also pause and think for just a moment, because between the beginning of this year... In our days again, almost an entire month has already passed. It seems like a day ago that we were New Year's Eve and New Year's Day were here and almost a month has passed. And so as we think about that idea of what can change in a month, a lot of times we think of a month being... Uh, A very short period of time. And it is, no doubt. We understand that if we think about how fast January has gone. But a lot can change in that time frame. For example, think yourself. If you are a person who makes New Year's resolutions. Are there any of those resolutions that you've already given up on? Or that maybe you haven't fulfilled? One of the resolutions that I had this year was to uh, to stop drinking soft drinks and we had gone to, to play games with with other couples on New Year's Eve and and midnight had passed and and we were getting ready to leave and and of course I walked to the counter and I put ice in a in a cup and and I grabbed the bottle of coke and I poured in the in the cup and and Somebody said, I thought you were not going to give up soft drinks. And I said, well, it's not. And then I thought, yeah, it is the new year. So I lasted about 18 minutes on my New Year's resolution of no soft drinks. But we understand how quickly things can change. And that's what we're going to see this morning. We're going to see how quickly things changed. One thing that that Adam mentioned last week that we need to remember as we go through this study this morning is there were some individuals who were present at this time who had seen Solomon's temple built. Who had seen Solomon's temple in all its glory. They had seen how magnificent it was. How how wonderful, how beautiful Solomon's temple was. And, and so it's important for us to remember that as we begin our story, or as we begin our, our lesson this morning. As we have that thought in our mind, I want you to get something in your mind that I think we can relate to when we think about this idea. We think about the idea of building bigger and better. Uh, it seems right now, especially if you're a sports fan, that almost every year... Uh, professional sports teams or college uh, stadiums are being added to, being expanded. Uh, professional stadiums are being built bigger with, with more attractions and, and more things to do. Um, it, it seems that when we think of building something or rebuilding something, it, it's bigger and it's better than the previous. So many times when uh, families decide that they're going to build a new house and they sit down, and and one of the first things they do is they'll list, these are the things that we didn't have that we wanted in our previous home, and so we're going to make sure that we build those when we build this new home. Sometimes buildings and and homes, unfortunately, are are damaged due to to natural disaster and and fire and and things of that nature, and and that's kind of where I want us to go this morning. Most of us... Um, are very familiar with what seems like a, a recent event in history. And that is the September 11th terrorist attacks. Many of you uh, were able to visit New York City and, and see the, the Twin Towers before uh, that, that terrible day and, and that terrible tragedy. And many of you saw that, that skyline with those Twin Towers I can remember seeing them. I, I was younger, but I can remember, uh, standing and looking at the, at the skyline and, and seeing those, those twin towers prior to that day. We all know what happened on that day. We all remember the, the tragic event. Most of us remember the tragic events of that day. You probably remember what you were doing, uh, what, what happened, your reaction, the, the feelings that you felt. After that day, and so talks began not long after uh, that that we would rebuild, that that we would we would be stronger than before. And eventually, uh, the the damage was cleaned up, and and the rubble was cleaned up, and and then many years later, there are talks of uh, a memorial going there and a new World Trade Center. And when we thought about that, at least in most minds, the question was, how is this going to be more impressive than those two towers that had previously stood there? And so maybe as that new building began its construction, there were questions of, how is this going to look, anything as impressive as what had previously stood there? And now, of course, we know the current situation and, and the current building, and and I have not seen this building in person, but uh, from what I've told, it is a um, possibly even more beautiful than what had previously stood there. But as we think about this morning's lesson, I, I thought this was an event that maybe we could relate to, in some sense. Can you imagine the backlash? if the builders who built this had decided, you know what, we're not going to build another skyscraper. We're just going to take those companies that occupied that space and and we're going to spread them out all over the city. And some may relocate to to Chicago or to Los Angeles or or whatever the situation may be. And and we're we're just not going to replace this. For some who had lived there and had seen those towers every day, I believe there would have always been a sense of defeat to some extent. To to never see anything regain its place where those towers had once stood. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but but I I believe there would have been some sense of defeat among many in, in that idea. As we think about our feelings in relation to this moment in history... I don't know that it gives us exactly the same feeling that the nation of Israel would have had during the time that we're studying. But I think it does give us somewhat of a glimpse into maybe their emotions. This may have been uh, what they were feeling. They, they had been in exile. Um, they had seen, some had seen the temple in, in its glory. They had seen uh, the temple destroyed. They had had, like like I said, been in exile, and they have returned. They, they've been through a lot. They've been through a lot of of ups and downs in their lives for many of them. If you will turn with me to the book of Ezra, chapter three. The book of Ezra, chapter three. Ezra chapter three. Verses 12 and 13. We read, But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away here in Ezra uh, and I I believe Adam has actually already used this verse in our study but it does remind us that there were mixed emotions as the temple was being rebuilt that there were those that had seen the original temple the beauty and, and the wonder of what it was and they said there's no way this is going there, there's no way this is going to be as great as As that previous temple was. And as God is is watching this rebuild take place, He sees an issue begin to creep in to the mind of the Israelites. God tells the people in verse 4 of our our text this morning that Brother Roger read, a, a very similar message to that which He had shared with them. That Adam shared with us last week in, in chapter 1. In verse 4 he says, be strong. be strong, all you people of the land. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. Once again, God reminds the people to be strong. Because He is with them in the rebuilding of this temple. The people could and should be encouraged by this message that God was with them. And that God was with that which they were doing. Turn with me back, probably just a, a couple of pages in, in your Bible, to First Chronicles chapter 28. First, First Chronicles chapter 28. We're going to begin reading in verse 20. Then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is done. As David is preparing Solomon to build the original temple, as David is with Solomon... In this preparation, one of the key messages that David shares with Solomon is, God is with you and will be with you until the completion of this temple. That message is echoed in Haggai. God is with you in all that you do in the rebuilding of this temple. Now, why is that important? As we had already made mention of, there were some, as we read in Ezra, that were there when the original temple was built. They had seen that God was with them. And they had seen what that led to and the glory that would come from that temple. And now the temple's being rebuilt and that same message is there that God's going to be with this project as well. And yet the people are struggling with this idea. It'll never be the same as they say in their minds. It'll never be what it could have been. In verse 5 of our our study in, in Haggai, we read, According to the covenant... That I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. When this message is given. During this particular point in time. The Israelites had just finished the Feast of the Booths. And if you will remember the Feast of the Booths. The purpose of that feast was... A, a seven-day feast or a seven-day event in which the, the people lived in, in Booths. And the purpose to what was to remember that 40 years that they had spent in wilderness during the exodus from Egypt. And so at this particular time in, in Haggai, this particular time in the rebuilding process, they had just ended that Feast of Booths. And so it's no wonder why God through Haggai, reminds the people what he reminds them about that covenant that he will keep. That covenant that he had made with them when they came out of Egypt. God uses that seven days that they had just spent remembering an event. And he says, that event that you just remembered, that covenant that I made with you, I'm going to be with you. My spirit will be in your midst and you should not fear. If you'll remember to the way the Israelites were able to escape Egypt, the spirit of God traveled with them by day and by night. And so that same idea is presented in Haggai. Let's look at Exodus chapter 19. Verses 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. That covenant, that promise that God made here in Exodus 19, He's reminding those people, the Israelites in the time of Haggai, as they rebuild the temple, My spirit is with you. I'm going to be with you. I've not given up on you. I've not given you over. You're still my people. We still have this covenant. I'm going to be with you in what we're doing. In a time that many felt maybe that, that God had abandoned them. That maybe God was no longer looking after them. God reassured them that He would be with them, would be with all that they were doing, just as He had been since they left Egypt. Are there ever times in your life when maybe you're rebuilding your life? Maybe something has happened to, uh, to cause you difficulties. Maybe it was something you did or maybe it was something completely unpreventable on your part, and you began to try to rebuild your life. And maybe there was a moment and you thought, "Is God really with me anymore? Does God is, is he really there for me anymore? I think that's a question that at some point in all of our lives we've probably asked. Is God really there with me? God, I'm facing this. How am I going to do it? And just like God told the people of Israel. I made you a promise. Made you a promise when you came out of Egypt. And I'm going to hold up to my end of the bargain. I'm going to do exactly what I told you. My spirit will be with you and so God gives them that reassurance. The next section of, of the the text that we read that we read or, or that's we're going to be studying this morning is verses six through eight verses six through eight. this, this should be the section uh, that gives the nation the greatest encouragement of all and it's a promise, that relates to those other two sections that we've just read about. The idea that God is with you and that God's Spirit is amongst you and He will watch over. God promises them that the nation, or God promises the nation that the new temple would be greater than the glory of the former temple and He also reminds them That the temple was God's, that he would shake the earth and fill that temple. Now, there's questions and, and, and debates and non-agreements about exactly what verses six through eight are talking about. Uh, even to the point where, uh, I had read just about all of our Commentaries in the library. I, I'm sure Adam got tired of me walking past his office to the library, and I, I finally just went in his office and I said, "Okay, I need help." And um, so, I, I think we are both kind of in this boat. Um, the answer is is unclear as exactly what this prophecy is talking about, but I'm going to give you both ideas that could be what this talks about. If you will, turn turn back in your Bibles to the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra, chapter 6, verses 8 through 12. Chapter 6, verses 8 through 12. Moreover, I make a decree regarding what you shall do for the elders of the Jews, for the rebuilding of the house of God. The cost is to be paid to these men in full and without delay. From the royal revenue, the tribute of the province from beyond the river, and whatever is needed, bulls, rams, or sheep for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, or oil, as the priests at Jerusalem require, let, let that be given to them day by day without fail, that they may offer a pleasing sacrifice to the God of heaven." And pray for the life of the kings and his sons. Also I make a decree that if anyone offers this edict, a beam shall be pulled out of his house and he shall be impaled on it. May the God who has caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who shall put out a hand to alter this or to destroy this house of God that is in Jerusalem. I Darius make a decree. Let it be done with all diligence." Here we see the Persians making this decree that whatever the nation of Israel needed, let it be given to them. Whatever they needed, let it be given to them. Also, in Ezra chapter 7, verses 12 through 26, and and for the sake of time, I'm not going to... To read all of this. But here is another example of. Other nations. Giving to. The people. Once again a reminder. That God is in control. That God is with them. That God has. Power over all nations. That those nations would bring. What they needed. To fill. This new temple. Maybe that's. What was being talked about in verses 6 through 8. If not, the, the next possible idea is that this was a reference to the coming kingdom. The kingdom that would be established by the Messiah. If you will open up to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 18. For you have not come, for you have not come to what may be touched. A blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and a voice who words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was, that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the only, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assemble of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Skipping down to verse twenty-five, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will they escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time. That cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship. With reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. We see here the writer of the book of Hebrews. Reference the coming of the Messiah. As that which shook the nations. The kingdom was established. And that kingdom will not be destroyed. We know That God's church on this earth will exist until that day when it's called home to heaven. The church will be in its glory until the end. it cannot be done away with. Because just as God told Solomon, just as God told Haggai to tell the people, and just as God promises us... He's with us. His spirit is with us. And that which is God's cannot be destroyed, cannot be defeated. So what is the correct answer? I've already said I don't know what the correct answer is. The correct answer could be either one of these. I think they both fit. Verses 6 through 8. I think probably... The answer is both. Uh, many times in Old Testament prophecy, there was a, uh, a, a now prophecy and a future prophecy uh, that, that served both purposes. Um, I, I believe that's what's happening here. Either way, as we finish this section in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 9, the latter glory... Of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. So, at the end of the day, at the end of this study, what can I take away in 2018? Number one, God is with me. God is with me. God is with me in that which I do. God is there when I go to Him in prayer. God listens to my prayers. God knows what I need even before I go to Him in prayer. Number two, God always wins... In the end. Sometimes in life. uh, Like maybe the Israelites felt. When the original temple had been destroyed. And they're rebuilding And and in their minds they're saying. There's no way this is going to be as great. As the previous. God wins in the end. When we go through life. And we face difficulties. And and I think how can I keep pressing on. God how can I. Watch the news every day and and see tragedy and and stories of recently in the news. We all know the the anniversary of of Roe versus Wade, and we know what tragedy that is. And God, how can I be expected to continue to see things? I, I just this this earth scares me. God, are you are you really there? God, I need you. God, I I just met with my doctor and and I really need you right now. God, I just got laid off work and I really need you right now. God, I don't know what's going to happen. My home life is, is troubled. In the end... God wins. The question is, are you on God's team? Do you have faith in God? God made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt that we just read. And He said, If you will be My people and you will keep My commandments, I will be with you. God made a covenant with us. If you will be my people, both Jew and Gentile, this is no longer a one nation promise. This is for anybody. How how do I become his people? How, How do I get this layer of overseeing like he gave the Israelites, like he was with the Israelites? If you're sitting here this morning, you've heard the word of God. Number two, I think there's a very good chance, and I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I think there's a very good chance you believe the Word of God. If else if you don't believe the God the Word of God, why are you here this morning? I don't mean that to sound rash. but why would you come worship a God if you didn't believe? So I, I think the belief is there. The question becomes, are you ready to admit, That sin is powerful enough to keep us out of heaven. Unrepented sin. If so, then you know there's something I need to do. I need to repent. I need to change and start living for God. And then I'm going to confess and I'm going to say, you know what? I believe that Jesus came to this earth. That He lived That he died, that he was buried and that he raised to walk again. And now he's in heaven. And because of that, I want to be buried like he was in baptism. And I want to rise to walk a new life. I want to be on God's team. Because I believe the word that I read. And the word that I read says... God's going to win. And I want to be on that winning team. Possibly my favorite part of this section of the book of Haggai is the very end of verse 9. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Peace is not found on this earth. There may be momentary peace. There may be moments of peace. But everlasting peace is not found on this earth. There's always something to fix, to do, somewhere to go, somebody to see, somebody that's suffering. And whatever was talked about in verses 6 through 8, that promise that's given in verse 9 is one that if you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear this. In that place, there will be peace. There's a place that's going to be greater than Solomon's temple. There's a place that's going to be greater than the temple that was rebuilt. As Adam mentioned in our first study, this study kind of got its basis from the idea that the time period was the same as when this new addition to Ninth Avenue was built. And I, like many of you, can remember those first Sundays in this new building. And the beauty, that it's still a beautiful building and something that we should be proud of. But can you remember that feeling that first Sunday when we worshipped in here together? That first Sunday when uh, we no longer had to sit in folding chairs in the back of the auditorium because we had outgrown it. That feeling as you came into a new auditorium and the first thing we did was pick out where we were going to sit. Because once you do that, that's an eternal decision, right? That moment when we came in this new building, there was a sense of pride and there was a sense of excitement. And 16 years later, there may be somebody sitting here. Who's lost that pride and that excitement. There's coming a new kingdom. That kingdom will be found in heaven. And that kingdom will be eternal. And while the elders, through their oversight, were able to provide this beautiful building for us. Through each and every member and their contribution and dedication, this building was built. And this building has been here almost 17 years, almost 18 years. Maybe it'll be here 100 years from now, who knows. But no matter how long this building lasts, there's one thing that I can promise you. The judgment day will come, and there is a place that God has promised us called heaven that Jesus is preparing right now. And just like Haggai told the people of Israel, in that place you will find peace. God gives you the same promise. In that place, You will find peace. No matter what you're going through in life this morning, if you need prayers, if you need encouragement, maybe you've lost that fire that you had when you first walked into this building those many years ago. And you need to confess to God and you need to rekindle that fire. No matter what it is that you're going through, walking down the aisle. There's not going to be a solution on this front pew that's going to make that immediately go away. That's not what God promises. But God says, if you will be faithful, if you will endure, if you will stand the test, then in the end, in that place will be peace. You've been promised peace. Are you ready to take advantage of that peace? Are you ready to know that when your life on this earth is over that you have a peaceful eternity to look forward to? If there's any doubts that peace awaits you, come now while we stand and sing and let us encourage you.